I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Hello and welcome to the Gallant View Rangers podcast. My name is Carl McDuff and I'm delighted to be your host this evening. My first time hosting talking about the actual football because Rangers are back. Not quite competitive just yet, but at least we've been able to watch them at Ibrox. It's been a long time coming. Here to um, not look too much into um, pre-season friendlies, considering we got beat. Um, first of all, Mason Stewart, how are you, mate? Yeah, all good. Thanks, Colin. Thanks for having us on again. Um, yeah, nice. It's nice to talk about a game. It feels like absolutely ages since the, you know, we had a game to talk about. So um, you know, they're coming thick and fast now. So uh, yeah, uh, good to good to be back. Also joining us is Chris Hampton. How are you, my man? I'm good. Thanks, Colin. Um, no such thing as a friendly. All games are important. Be out. Nah, I'm looking. It's good to have a serious note. It's good to have the football back. Do you know what I mean? And um, I, I couldn't make the game on Tuesday. I watched it, but I couldn't make it. But so I'm buzzing to go back on Saturday. I'll be honest, I'm so fickle when it comes to friendlies. Uh, when we beat Real Madrid, we were on our way to win the Champions League, the World Cup and the Super Bowl, as far as I'm concerned. After Tuesday, <laughs> it's a fucking training game. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> I stand by my own hypocrisy. Also joining us, representing the young team, um, and we're in a lovely tap. I think we're wearing the same tap tonight, Andrew. It's Andrew oh, Stewart. How are you? I've got the new one. Uh, ah, fuck you, you then. You, but you, uh, I mean, that's what you say. All good. You can't have a good Ranger strip if you don't win anything in it. And that's the 55 shirt you're wearing. So uh, I'm hoping that this will be classed as a good shirt by the end of the season when you say, you know, we do win the Super Bowl and, and the league. And um, was it into Total Cup? Bring it back just so we can win it. Um, I have to say that tonight is going to be a more sombre podcast for myself. Um, tonight's obviously the Scott Wright Remembrance podcast. Um, um, we wish him all the best. I certainly do. Um, but as I said, I, I worship the, sh- the shrine of Scott Wright, Rabbi Matondo and Borna Barisic. 
Um, so you know what you get from me. I genuinely thought you would have turned up with a black armband on the night. Um... <laughs> I couldn't have found it. It's in here somewhere. Will we have a minute silence? <laughs> Some of the listeners say that's probably better content than what we usually give them. Um, <laughs> but on that note, hello to all the listeners watching uh, live on Facebook, YouTube and Twitter. Um, good to see all the regular faces. Um faces the names fucking hell they're all the regular names popping up um just a wee call to arms if you don't already please a wee like subscribe follow wherever you get your podcast um it is much appreciated um mason so we'll, we'll kick off i know you are watching the, the game on tuesday um I think pre-season friendlies, I joked at the start, you can never look too much in it. No matter once you beat Real Madrid, you can't get too high because it doesn't mean anything. You get beat you off Newcastle, you can't you can't get too low because again it doesn't mean anything. But what I think is important is players getting minutes and how new signings are gelling in and just really how sharp the players look. What was your overall thoughts on the game on on Tuesday? Well, yeah, it was exciting to see some uh, some new signings, and uh, especially in that front line, because I feel like we've had the same front line for, for such a long time. But um, yeah, it is all about fitness. I think you know, listening sort of to the to the post match uh, from from the players and the managers as well, they said that the legs were heavy. Obviously, done a lot of running in Germany, so um, I did think we looked a little bit off it maybe in that first half. Newcastle were a really good side, by the way, and it was just a constant press. And we uh, we couldn't really get out, but the changes in the second half, I think we we, we looked a lot better, and I think that was due to probably Nick, uh, Raskin. I thought Raskin come on, and he was he was not just saying it, but I thought he was the best player in the park second half, and he just you know changed our midfield, so that was really good to see. But yeah, you know, as I said, that first game, a little bit surprised to play maybe an opposition of Newcastle as, as the first one we normally play someone a little bit, you know less you know as good as that and then we get three or four goals and, and go from there so to go straight in with a good opposition I think's um you know gonna gonna put us in good stead for, for the, the next few games Chris I know you watched the the game as well um I think at times Newcastle did look a cut above Rangers um I think there's maybe spells that Rangers came in in the second half um, what was your overall? I'm just looking at the team lineup here. What, what was your overall thoughts on the new players who started? So, we talk about Dow, Lammers, and Seema. What, what did you take away from them? Um, I think Seema was we were kind of playing him out of position. I think we were punting the high ball up to him. I don't think that's his game. Um, I felt a wee bit sorry for him. He was kind of hung out to dry that wee bit. Lammers had some neat touches, it'd be good me move in the second half, and he took his goal well. We read it well. Do you know what I mean? He intercepted it. I think it was a bit like um, Tillman's interception in Eindhoven, where, where he anticipated it and he pounced on it. It took his goal well as well. And Dill was the one I, the, the one I was kind of um, least excited about when we signed, but he's, I, I thought he looked not bad at all. Um, quite quiet, obviously, never lasted the full game, but I don't think any of them had a bad game, you know, I think. The players that would have a bad game were the like kind of kind of Barisic and Lindstrom, <laughs> the ones that have the ones that have been there for a while. They were the only two I'd point out that they thought they looked all right. Um, I think Lammers will surprise a few, and I know it's a friendly, but it's always good to get off the mark, especially at Ibrox. You know what I mean? Especially in front of the Cup One Road end, it'll do his confidence the world a good. And I mean, it's better opposition when you get Ibrox against the lesser teams. Players like that will shine, you know. 
Absolutely. Um, I, I think it is a strange one, the level of output. Usually you see Rangers building up in in terms of quality, and I think you both touched it in there. Um, obviously, we went for a, a fourth-tier German team uh, to, to you know, the fourth-best team in, in England. Um, we, I don't think we play Newcastle as early on if it wasn't for Alan McGregor's testimonial. Um and that probably leads me to my first point, and I'll, I'll bring you in. Um, we've seen Jack Butlin. Oh no, we, we've seen we've seen Jack Butlin play in the in the bounce games and the game against Germany. Also, it was Alan McGregor in the six, so it doesn't really tell us too much about the goalkeeping situation. Um, I think we've watched a lot about Alan McGregor over um, the last couple of months in terms of his retirement. The point I do want to come on to, but is how you see in the goalkeeping situation with Robbie McCrory looking likely to move on. Um, that, that news is broke this week. For me, I get it. I understand it. For him, it's probably right. I'm a bit disappointed as a Rangers fan that we're going to lose our second best keeper, in my opinion. Yeah, I second you there, mate. Um, I mean, I, I said over the kind of season there that I think you're going to have a real battle between Butland and McCrory for the starting jersey. I think yeah, Butland was probably going to have the kind of early new signing bias, you want to call it that. Well, you'll probably get the kind of nod early doors because, you know, new signing, you make sure that you're, you're at least giving them a start and been hoping that you're going to see McCrory play most of all the cup games and, and even the games where you're coming back off like a long trip in Europe maybe. Um, but unfortunately, it looks like he's gonna he's gonna be moving on, which, as I said, is unfortunate. Um, fair play to the lad. I mean, you can't be too frustrated because we were all buzzing when we said, "Oh, Butlin's doing the he's doing the right thing. He could sit on the bench somewhere and a lot of money down south, but he's coming up. He wants to be a, a first keeper. He wants to be a starting keeper, and we all thought that was really good. So we kind of have to be the same with McCrory when he wants to move on and be a starting keeper somewhere as well. Um, and he's a good Rangers lad. He's been in the club since what, he was eight years old. Um, uh, it's a bit, it's a bit sad, you know, because obviously we have to answer questions on who will be the the backup uh, keeper now. But um, he goes with the best wishes, obviously. Um, um, similar to maybe the way Liam Kelly was um, a few years back. You know, he left it and they went to QPR full time. Was your starting keeper, and then he moved back up to Motherwell. So you never know where. Where he could go, maybe Robbie will do something similar. Mason, do we need to go and get another goalie? And that, that's going to be the theme throughout tonight. We are going to jump back and forth from the game on Tuesday and talk about certain areas. But you know, like uh, like Walter Smith himself, we start from the back. Do we need another goalkeeper? I'm not convinced John McLaughlin is the answer to number two. No, I agree with you, mate. I don't think he is because all it takes is Butland to get an injury and then we're relying on, on McLaughlin again and I'd be really, really worried um, if he was to, to come in. Um, but then again, you know, I'm looking at the squad at the moment and uh, I've got to be honest, a, a second-choice goalkeeper is is way down the list. Um, you know, I think I think there's other areas like that I think it's going go and get first. So, um, But if we can get another goalkeeper in, um, you know, to, to to sort of be number two and then move on with Glocklin. I think that's that's one that we've definitely got to do. Moving further up um, ahead of the field, then Chris, there's quite a lot of comments coming in about Leon Balligan saying, you know, um, 
about his post-match comments. He understands what it means to play for Rangers. I think we all know how well Liam Balogun speaks. And I don't think you can ever doubt the personality of Liam Balogun. I've been one who has probably been a bit critical of the signing. Um, but the reason I come to the centre-halves, what, what was your take and what you seen for the centre-halves that played on, on Tuesday night? Um, I thought Suter was fine. The boy came on for the the boy came on for um, Leicester. The big boy at the back. I thought he done Johnny Fecko. Yeah, I think he done well as well. Um, Davies, he never done anything wrong. Do you know what I mean? He just doesn't fill me with confidence at all. Another centre back I'd like to see come in now. Um, if we could, if Davies goes on the other side of it to fund it, or if we're talking obviously about a swap deal, then I'd be all for it. Um, it just for me just isn't the level we need. That's not just based on Tuesday night. That's obviously based on last season and the performances we've seen him. Aye, and obviously we Connor Golson's no match fit yet, but expecting him to be well, touch with him. I don't want to jinx it, considering the Rangers history with injuries. But he was expecting him to be back for the start of the season. Leon King is going to be sixty-eight weeks as opposed to sixty-eight months, which is a, a good, a bad good news. Yeah. Other than an upgrade in Davis or Davies, do you think we need anybody else in centre half? Is it just a light for light swap for him? Do you think? Just a swap for him. I think with Suter, Goldson, Balligan, King, then somebody else. I think we're more than covered. And obviously, your man, the, the boy, came on as well, the young boy. I, I can't say something um, um, as hell. But I would the first game of the season's command. There's no way I'm risking Goldson on that pitch. Do you know what I mean? Um, I think there's I would I wouldn't have him near that. Um, but I think if we get somebody else in, if Davies goes, then I think we'd be, I'd be more comfortable with it going into the season. Balogun's not going to come here to play thirty odd games a season. He'll play his part, but he'll be kind of in and out. And as I said last week on, I think Balogun's more a man for like if in Europe or old fun games. If we've got a one goal lead, he'll come on to steady the ship a wee bit. If we're kind of against the course for the last fifteen twenty minutes. Aye, and I think with the Balogun signing, I, th- I can understand the value in it, but I would have thought somebody like Johnny Fekko would have been better to maybe step up, or Lewis Mayo. Lewis Mayo, obviously, he's moved on to Kilmarnock for an undisclosed fee. Um, but, you know, I think you're right, Chris, where the manager has looked to bring experience um, in favour and I now gather the, the wages for Leon Balogun aren't massive, or no break in the bank, so it probably, probably does is a more sensible signing than what I first gave credit to. Moving further ahead, Andy, um, and this is probably where I want everybody's thoughts on, Mason's touched on the we still need a few more signings. I think we're only one more signing away, Andy, for completing the midfield. I think we're... And, and with that, I think if we swap somebody like Sifuentes for Glenn Kamara, I'm so comfortable with the options we've got there. You know, my fan of Jack and Lundstrom, his options. Um, there's a certain um, Belgian hero that we're going to come to um, at one point. And, of course, we've got Campwell, Dill, um, Lawrence to come back. What's your thoughts on how we're setting up in midfield and what you've seen on, on Tuesday? It's good that we've got a lot of players who can jump in. I mean, it, it means you can set up specifically for the opposition um, it's nice to have you know, a wee bit of extra height in the midfield. I think Dill's quite a, a big lad. Um, you know, 
a wee bit more physical. He certainly wasn't afraid to, to throw the weight around um, against Newcastle. Um, it's good to have good options. Um, as I, I hate to always go back to the options I had as, as, as somebody growing up, but it's not even black in the mid anymore. Um, we, we've got some real talent there. I, I generally coming. think you've mentioned that in every pod I've been on with you. Not <laughs> Ian Black specifically. Um, we should get a wee Andy Stewart. Um, I'm throwing in the cards if you try to forget. Scott Wright, Ballon d'Or, Ian Black's pish like, for a full house. I'm trying to think of another one just to, to throw in there. Um, where's Robbie Crawford these days? Um, uh, so I, as, it, as I said, uh, he was a midfielder as well. To be fair. Um, I, if bringing in Jose, um, I think... Uh, Jose, Jose, I'm sure we'll find out eventually. But um, I think that's with if we somehow manage to fleece five mil for Glenn Kamara, then I feel like we've won Monopoly over that. I, I think we've just uh, we can sit back and <laughs> enjoy the 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 future uh, and and move on from Kamara's nightmare. Um, I think as I said, I keep saying if we can get Sifuentes and Daniel on the line, then uh, I think we've made some really good transfer business. Uh, I, th- I think we'll there get that's we talked about losing some assets, sellable assets. When we lose Kent and we lose Morelos and a free and stuff like that, having Danilo, who's young, you know, high upside, you know, Sifuentes, who was already previously linked to a Premier League move. I think those two guys you can maybe along with the the Belgian hero we were talking about and Cantwell, you can throw in there as well. I've got you could get one or two really solid seasons out of and then you sell on and make some nice money and then we repeat the cycle over again um, and that's just the way we're going to have to be as a club so can I sell low buy uh, buy, buy low sell high uh, not the other way around that would be the, the Kent and Morelos free, free transfers I was talking about um, yeah I, I'm happy that we seem to be implementing a really good transfer strategy Mason, without further ado, let's move to the We Love Nico Rashton segment of the pod. Um, I, I thought when he came on, on on Tuesday, he added a lot of energy. He looked really sharp. Um, it might have been helped that he's not had a break because he's been away with the European under-21s. Um, so he, he, by rights, he probably should be a bit sharper. But I think yeah, you put in the group chat that night, enjoying while we can because he's not going to be there for long. Yeah, I think that's the case. I think Andy just said, make sure we get sort of two seasons out of him. I think Raskin this time next summer will be will be very lucky if we've we've still got him. I think his development at his age is is massive, and it just just in that midfield, and you see Jack and Lundstrom and and Jack a lot. I've said it last season as well. He gets the ball, and his first thought is just keeping it, and sometimes it's playing back, putting players under pressure, sideways passes. When Raskin comes on, it's one or two touch, and it's forward every time. I think I think the the biggest thing about him is as well is he knows exactly what he's going to do before he gets it and he does it with pace. There was times when he's got you know Bruno Gramirez charging him down. And it's just one touch and he's gone the other way. Um, for me, he's the he's the biggest sort of sellable asset we've got at the moment. But he needs to be the one that we build that midfield around. I think it's so important that we that we manage his game time as well. And I have noticed with him last season, he's he's a hundred miles an hour. That's the way he plays. I think he needs to be a little bit more. Make sure he lasts 90 minutes, not 60, 70-minute periods as he was sort of when he comes. So it's going to be interesting. I really hope we get the Sifuentes deal done as well because um, watching him, he seems a bit, you know, box-to-box as well. Don't think he's as good as Raskin, but certainly different, um, but gives legs. And I think, you know, that midfield, with the quality we've got going forward now, we need we need legs in and behind it to, to back it up. 
Chris, staying on Russian, where is he best deployed um, in, in what formation? Because I, I think I think he is quite versatile and he can maybe play a couple of positions, but I do think we, as Mason said, be, I think we should be building the midfield around him and Grantwell um, and getting the best out of them. I'm thinking Russian, is he the deep line number six? Is he the box to box number eight? Where, where do you see him at his best? I, I see him as a box to box. Um, I just hope this season he can add goals to his game. That's the only really thing it's missing. But do you know I mean it was his first season coming? It was first half season coming to. Should I say? Um, obviously we can't. No coming Campbell will score straight away. But for Raskin, it's different. He's coming to a different country. Well, no, obviously Campbell was coming to England, but England just up the road in the car. Do you know what I mean? Raskin's coming for Belgium. He's still young. Um, I think he's just going to be one of the players that's all over the pitch. Do you know what I mean? He'll chip in, and he's a he, he's a wee warrior. Do you know what I mean? He was going up for headers with people twice the size of him, and do you know what I mean? He, he he got hurt because of it, but I think he'll get himself a few injuries because he puts himself about. As Mason pointed out, he is a hundred miles an hour. Do you know what I mean? And that's what I like about him. And the last old fun game when you seen him, but like, he had a great game and. No matter you hear all this about the reserve team we played and B team and all that crap, but it was their full strength midfield. Do you know what I mean? And he didn't give them a second's piece, and that's what I like about him. It's just the one thing: if if he could add goals, the goals to his game, sorry, then we're in for an absolute treat. Absolutely, and I think that the good thing with Ashton is he's at the right age; he's early twenties. I like that. He's tenacious. He's like a wee mini Rottweiler in the middle of the park. Um, he's almost like a mini version of Kevin Thompson. Said he probably by rights better on the ball. Um, and hopefully he doesn't have injury history. Hey, Kevin Thompson. Um, starting with you, Chris, because you you were speaking about him uh, before we went live. Staying in the subject in the midfield, we do have a, a question in for for Shona, um, asking about Bailey Rice. Um, also Shona, um, one of the new spoilers. Could he fill the fifth position here um, this season? I I think I know your answer, and I think you're probably the same lines as me. I think he's good enough to be in the first team conversation. What's your thoughts? Definitely. Um, I think he's he didn't look out of place. Do you know what I mean? No, don't get me wrong. We're going um, to go over the top and see who's outstanding, but. Any time I've seen him, he doesn't look out of place, do you know what I mean? And I think with this season, I hope with a better team and stuff like that, we should be in a position where we're killing teams off early doors, do you know what I mean? Instead of that one goal, we're kind of edging about it. I think especially the games at Ibrox and stuff like that with the five-sub rule as well, he should be getting more time. And um, obviously with the the cup games and stuff like that, be no harm whatsoever. There's better players around him, so he'll develop a lot better as well this season. And as I was saying before, it he doesn't look out of place, and I think he's ready to take the step up. I know we're always desperate for youth players to come up, and it's like anyone we're clinging on to, and we're like, come on, we want to make it. But yeah, the boy does look like he has a real deal. Yes, and I think I, I, I like the position that he's coming in. Um, when we we see young players break through, they tend to be. Uh, maybe flare players um, or other strikers because it's maybe easier to 
get players in further forward. You said that he wasn't outstanding, but we don't always need a number six or a number eight to be outstanding. We need them to be comfortable. The level of comfort this boy has on the ball, um, he looks as if he's been playing the game for 30 odd years. Um, it's, he doesn't have to be outstanding to have that confidence. Andy, staying on the midfield then, um, there's been quite a few comments in for the listeners about Jack and Lundstrom, um, and Lundstrom in particular, because I think Ryan Jack is maybe a bit different. I think we know how good he can be um, like when he's fit for Rangers, and he, he probably does have a bit more credit in the bank with, with the Rangers support. Which is a real about his availability. Lundstrom is a bit of a different one there. He didn't have his greatest games on Tuesday. I'm still a fan of him. I do think he has a place in this Rangers side, um, but I can see why a lot of listeners and a lot of supporters don't. And with two years left in his deal, is this the time to move him on? What's your thoughts on the on the role that John Lundstrom has to play? I'm in the same boat as you, mate. I think John Lundstrom and, and especially Brian Jack are both players I'd be keeping in the squad, at least for this season. Um, I think you, uh, it's good to have that kind of cover. I know that, especially with last season, when we, you'd, something would cough and there would be about eight players out for a month. Um, it's just the way that we've been. Um, it was, it, it's horrible as well. It's, it's long-lasting. Lammers get went in a fifty fifty and went hold, down holding his ankle and I thought fuck that's six months oh Jesus and then he got up as, as he was obviously just trying to win the foul and I went yeah cheeky bastard honestly my heart was in my mouth man it was it was horrible and um, that's just the last season that's just it's scarring um I think uh, given that last season with the injury record we had and all we've got Doctor Waller back now but it's good to have cover because you know it's it's a contact sport, you know, um, especially with Scottish football. Anyone with a bit of talent gets booted off the park most days. Um, I think uh, with Jack and, and Lundstrom, it's, they're, they're kind of good players to have around the newer boys are now. Not not saying they're passing the torch or whatever, if you know what I mean, but it's good to have guys who have... Well, Lundstrom's got a, a season now, a good two seasons under his belt. Jack's been... Aberdeen graduate and then to Rangers, Scotland international. He knows the league inside and out. And if you're bringing in a Sifuentes from the MLS, it's good to have these kind of guys who can help him in the kind of transition period from Major League Soccer to Singe Prem. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think they're useful guys to have around. And even with, well, I'm hoping we'll have an, an, a nice run in Europe this season. Um, it's good to have the extra bodies on board. Mason, moving further up the park here, and obviously tonight's um, tonight's episode is titled The Nilo or No Deal. That's my poor attempt at being clever on the Rangers. <laughs> thanks, thanks, you're too kind. Super. Um, the. <laughs> um, so we started with it, I recognise, like, I don't see Sima as a. Um, it's it's a now now number nine, and I think we know Lammers has got to play a wee bit deeper, just in between the lines between the midfield and and the striker. Um, the reports are that Feyenoord are holding out for six million euros, and Rangers are still in conversation with how they get closer to their own valuation. But we know Danilo isn't the only striker that we're looking at. Do I suppose the, the question I put to you: How important is 
a number nine to come in alongside Dessers? I think it's vital, uh, Colin, to be honest. I think the fact that, that Trolak's gone the other way sort of signals that another one's going to be going to be coming in. Um, I don't see us going to get two, uh, two more now. I think if we get Danilo in, that that will be it, unless we sell Sakala, um, Matondo, someone like that, and then another forward flag goes. Um, obviously, uh, see you there, Andy. Uh, only Sakala, not Matondo, <laughs> only Sakala. <laughs> and uh, obviously, that we, we, had, we had David T um, sticking the boot into Lundstrom, which I was waiting for and all. But no, I see, the funny thing is, David T wasn't watching the pod. He's just, he heard me mention John Lundstrom and just something went up in his ears and he thought, I'll log on. <laughs> the Lundstrom signal went off in this guy. I'm just sitting here, just sitting here waiting for it, and then there it was. But uh, yeah, to be fair, Danilo looks he, he looks really exciting. I think for me, the signings we've made sort of so far, I said Dessas is the one that I'm most excited about. I think that that number nine, I think he, he'll score a lot of goals for us. But I think Danilo coming in as well, especially for that sort of six million fee that that's being that's being touted, and if he comes in as well, I think he comes in as a starter, and we go with two. And he plays that sort of second second striker. Um, I don't see him coming in and being being number two, and I don't see Dessa's coming in and being number two. So that's that's really exciting, and that's something we we should have done uh, for a long time, especially in Scotland. We should be playing with two two strikers. So I'm excited to see that, and and I really hope we get we get Danilo because uh, yeah, you know, listening and and, and watching what the, the final uh, fans are saying about him, they don't want him to go. So I think that's always a good sign. So. Let's hope uh, Bill can work his magic and uh, and the ball can get this one uh, over the line. Chris, obviously we've sold Cholak on for the region of two, two and a half million pounds. We sold him for more than what we paid for him. Great bit of business. Um, Scott Wright's trying to grow for around five to seven hundred thousand. Um, there may be others that grow. And Rangers, uh, Rangers hard given Michael Beale money this summer to spend. So a lot of fans are getting frustrated that we're just not meeting the valuation of buying our Danilo. Like if we're getting this money in, just spend the money. I I don't want to sound as if I'm a happy clapper, but I don't think Rangers are in a position they can just match every valuation for every player. I think we do need to still be stringent with our funds and try and get the best value. What, what's your thoughts? Should we just go and pay the money or are we going about it the right way? No, we're going about it the right way, mate. We need to learn from our lessons. You know, I mean, you look back in the day, we, we were we were told a figure we were paying it. We were probably paying more than what teams wanted, and look where we ended up. Do you know what I mean? Two thousand and twelve was only ten, oh, sorry, eleven years ago. We always we need to remember as as much as we want to be signing players, and we want this player and we want that player, and we need to keep a level head. First and foremost, we need to have a club. Do you know what I mean? It's easy to say, oh, they want six million, just fire it at them. If the club needs to obviously work out what we can spend, then. Make the judgment as he worth it as well, because I think he is, and a lot of fans are saying he is, a lot of Dutch people are saying he is. But you think if you're spending six million pounds on a player and it doesn't work out, there's a lot of questions going to be asked. Do you know what I mean? Ken, <clears throat> if you sp- if you're um, spending six million pounds on a striker, I'd be expecting at least twenty goals a season from him. You might not say at least first season. You know how impatient our fans are. One, do you know what I mean? If he doesn't settle straight away, then the pressure is on big time and the pressure's on Bill for that as well because it will always be remembered as Bill spending that on a striker that didn't work out. So I think I trust Bill and he will have done his homework. That's one thing that I do like about him is Bill seems to do his homework and he seems to do it himself as well. He doesn't get other people to do it for him. He seems to be really involved with it. And I think 
but obviously they need to have the discussion with the board and make sure we're being sensible about it. Do you know what I mean I want them in as well and I can find myself getting a wee bit impatient going get them in, get them in, do you know what I mean? But we need to keep a level head and if it's um if we're going to spend it on them then it needs to work, do you know what I mean? Because we the last two seasons have hindered us with the striker situation. Do you know what I mean? The going to Seville when they were running to the league that season when Morelos got injured and Ruth was nowhere to be seen. We, were, we never had a striker. And last season, after Kovac got injured, we had a uninterested, unfit Morelos. Do you know what I mean? So we were playing most of that kind of when Morelos playing was nearly interested or at it. Do you know what I mean? And relying on Sakala kind of thing. But I think if, if we do bring a man in, then it gives us a wee bit as well where we've lacked goals from all over the pitch, but if we've got him on the pitch, Lammers on the pitch, Dessel's on the pitch, do you know what I mean? Tavenier's always going to pop up with goals. Hopefully that's, that will give us a position where we are seeing off these games now, do you know what I mean? People are chipping in and we're not scraping by 1-0s, 2-1s, or 3 or 4 nothings again, do you know what I mean? We, you can relax watching Rangers instead of watching it behind the couch or appear at the game. That nervy, kind of an edge feeling where the other team get thrown in their half, you're like, here we go again. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if I'll ever be relaxed watching Rangers, <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> it was too far gone. Um, but no, I, I do agree with you. And um, I, I shared a comment for Callum C, one of the subscribers there, that about we should have a list of backups for that situation. And it was refreshing to hear Michael Beale just come out in the open saying that we are in discussions with other players. We should we should have a big list of types of players we want. Start from the top and work our way down. And you know, it's ideally we get the, the first choice, but it won't always work out like that in football. Andy, where do you so with a, another striker coming in and out with swapping like for like, do you think we need to add any more signings? So when I say swapping like for like, if you maybe bring in, for example, a Panzo for Davis or a Sifuentes for Kamara, do you, other than a striker, do you think we need to add anywhere? Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Just, oh, I, I don't really know if we need to add in anyone else. I think the key one, if we were swapping like for like, is going to be what we're doing in the goalkeeper situation, as we said. Um I think I'm be happy if, if we get Sifuentes and we get Daniel and we call it there. Um, I think we can get by with the centre-halves we've got. I think 
the kind of panzo and trusty and all that kind of stuff. It's kind of gone on for quite a while, and and it's kind of uh, we're not making a lot of ground. So I, I, it makes me think are we really interested in them? Um, I know we say we don't don't just chuck money at a player just to bring them in, but if we were really interested, we would have heard a wee bit more. I mean, like the way football is today, there's nothing, nothing's a secret. Um, that's that's all thanks to Fabrizio Romano. Um, I think uh, I, I'm I'm kind of happy with the who we've got. Um, even I know I know the one we've we've not. You know, Chris talked a wee bit about him, his lack of having Kamar Roof and the run to Seville. I, I don't want to say it, but he's been not injured. For fuck's sake. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's just um, fell there. He's just fell, yeah, as you said that. I know. Um, yeah, it, if we can keep him in there as well, because we've, obviously we've seen him position to the, and going wide as well sometimes. So if we, even if we're going the way we were playing against Newcastle, where you can get the Cantwell, Lammer, Seymour, he can fill in in the wide, but cutting in as a striker, you know, because I have a feeling that, as, as Chris said earlier, Seema was kind of struggling with the winning the knockdowns because I had a feeling that Cantwell or if it was going to be Dessers and having Seema, you're going to have the striker knocking down to two narrower, narrower not, was it not have wingers, we have number 10s, is that the, what was, what was the, the Gerard thing? Inverted uh, wingers. Uh, inverted wingers, yep. Um, I seen it. I, th- I had a feeling that Seymour was kind of be trying to work down to the two kind of narrow wing, wingmen. It just kind of didn't work with the Newcastle kind of <laughs> that they started really well, and Seymour didn't really get much, much off, uh, <laughs> much off uh, the the knockdowns. Um, having Roof, I think, kind of sorts of strike information for me. If you bring in Sifuentes, you get rid of the Deadwood Kamara, you're fine. I think we'll be happy with Balogun as a signing. I'm, I'm quite, I'm, I'm not too worried about it I think you're getting a guy who is going to be realistic and that's kind of what I'm happy with about it he's not going to be coming in here and putting his arms in the air and going why am I not getting this why am I not getting that which is the confusing thing about the rumours of him downing tools at QPR because it doesn't sound like him at all um, I'm happy this is exactly where I wanted to be when we were talking about well we've only got five games to go until the end of the season and that's it, that's it done with um, this is where I thought I would want us to be I'm happy with the players we've got. Um, obviously, if if Newcastle want to spend fifty million on Sakala, then it changes the, the game a little bit. We can we can have a look. Um, I'm ha- I, I, one of the things you were saying there, just to circle back with the, having the the options if Danilo does fall through, is good because I think we uh, again bring up the flashbacks. I think we all put our eggs into the the Joey Veerman basket and it, and it fell through. Um, it's good to that we are future proofing uh, for all possible uh, possibilities. So yep, I'm really happy with everything. Uh, I, it's good that we're seeing happy happy thoughts about Rangers. It's great. Well, I, I do agree with you. Um, but with Rangers being back in action comes uh, the the sobering realization that we need to face cross football again. And I, I do want to touch on the Hamburg friendly, but Mason. Um, you know, the season's not even kicked off, and we've had another um, another saga of drama. Well, two parts. Obviously, um, we had the non-apology for Doncaster um, about the sound steel, and it's nice to see Rangers winning the boardroom first of all. But no, he spent too much time in that. I think um, the biggest news is uh, via play, and 
listeners, you may be thinking, right, okay, I know it's not more by the Scottish football related. I think we do need to touch on it as a podcast because it does impact Rangers. But the news broke, Mason, that via play of stopped all the UK coverage, meaning um, we're going into a season with um, two of our <laughs> two, two of our major domestic uh, trophies won't be televised as it stands. Oh, it's good to be back in with Scottish football, eh? It's just peak, peak Scottish football, isn't it? Um, and it's under the, the, the running of, of Neil Doncaster yet again. Um, I thought the, the, the whole via play idea from the start sounded like an absolute disaster. Um, it's no wonder it's not making any money because it's only for, for teams you know like us and, and the other side of, of the city that, that would, would, would pay to, to be in it the whole, the whole seat, you know the whole season. Your team goes out of it. You, you, you're stuck with a subscription that you don't want, and there's no point, no point having. Um, it's so many people, even the international games that obviously Scotland are playing on there. People just won't pay it. It's just how many subscriptions are there at the minute? You know, to to, to watch a game of football is, is ridiculous. But this is just this is Doncaster, and again, you know, he'll still be here sitting here and, and making the same mistakes and and not taking the game any further forward, just taking it further back and picking up. 400 grand a year is it, it wouldn't happen anywhere else to be honest any other football association that 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 the professional you know that want to want to make the game better you've got you know team, countries like norway sweet um sweden denmark their tv deals are 10 times better from anything that that we can get and the clubs in norway denmark sweden don't have the old firm and the, and the, and, the, and the, the size of clubs so what what is he doing here who's doing the pictures to get these tv deals and you know that takes it back to Sky, the Sky Sports one as well to sign the deal with Sky Sports as, as quickly as they can. That that was a disgrace. You're seeing now all the other leagues signing deals, waiting for the streaming ones to come through, and the, the money that they're going to make. And all it will do these leagues that are, you know that we're ahead of at the minute, they'll just overtake us because they can. You know it's so important, and uh, Doncaster needs to go. And, and I'll be on here, and I hope we all will, and all the podcasts saying it because um, it, it needs to, it needs to change quickly. It's called real satana vibes. Um, and I know it's an easy comparison. It's an easy comparison because it's the exact same fucking thing that happened. Um, and we don't learn from mistakes. But, but, but Chris, with, with this via play deal, um, it, Mason's right, it, it was a terrible deal to begin with. There's not enough demand to watch Scottish football to justify three different subscriptions that you need to watch your, your club in all competitions. But with this, like collapse and the the farce that was uh, the cinch lawsuit between Rangers and the SPFL. Shoot. <laughs> I'm going to sound stupid here because I've said it many times before. Surely Doncaster can't survive this. Or am I being naive? Uh, he will survive it, but any other job on the planet, if you make the mistakes he's making, then you be out the door. I was astounded to see that he's got a two-year notice period. So even if they wanted to bang him, he would still, eh, what do you call it? He'd still have two years to go. Do you know what I mean? It's unbelievable. He must have some dirt on somebody higher. Do you know what I mean? Aye. Yeah, he's he's studies when um, he studies a, a Dave King somewhere, surely. It's a bit like our first minister. Just makes mistake after mistake, field operation, field operation, and he seems to get promotions. Do you know what I mean? Neil Doncaster. His next job will be First Minister. 
I'll say, man, I can imagine him's a running Scottish football. Um, but you're right, Chris. Um, it's it is a good comparison. Like it's somebody that falls upwards, the more he fails, the more he cements himself in the job. And I'm no one for the ten for heart conspiracies, but I can't really point to any other way. It, it must be like he must have done on somebody, or does clubs just want to self serve? And I, I think it is the latter. Absolutely, he's a full guy. Do you know what I mean? People, people know that. The guy's, to put it nicely, the guy's a moron. Andy, <laughs> any thoughts? I think the vibe play things, as you said, you mentioned Satanta, that, that word, Satanta. Um, I've I got some kind of backwards insight, um, completely nothing to do with Rangers. Um, when we're talking about via play and, and who, who really uses via play, um, and I'm not going to tell you I watched the, the rugby league on it, um, but uh, I, I can take an interest in the Glasgow clan, the ice hockey team in Glasgow, and the elite league, which is the British ice hockey league, is on via play. And recently, the club themselves, much like Rangers, had some financial issues and was bought over by who was effectively the owner of Satanta Sports. And he also then, that continued as Premier Sports, which then obviously was in via play. Um, it seems like a bit of a shit show, to be honest. It's rare you see anything brilliant about that kind of... <laughs> whoever seems to be sponsoring the League Cup seems to <laughs> go, go out of business. Um, they, divide their, they divide their profits by zero and then all of a sudden we're without a sponsor again. Um, it's, it'll be interesting to see where we go with it. Um, it's, it's it's a weird one uh, because, as, as you said, it we play. I mean, we pay for it in my house. But as I said, we we watch the British league does the American Ice Hockey League, so that covers. It's nice to cover Scotland and Rangers as well in the cups. But I'm not going to sit and watch the rally bike, <laughs> bikes and bike race and raceways and rugby and stuff like that. So it was kind of like, I think it, I think somebody had obviously said, via player interested, and we've just taken the first offer, being Doncaster, obviously. Um, I don't think there's any creativity in that man whatsoever. It's just whatever the kind of easiest option is, we'll take. And it doesn't matter what it means down the line. It doesn't matter how long we're going to be stuck in it. <laughs> it's, 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 it's lame in it. And you wouldn't see anybody else's league being run like that, as Mason said. You've got, you've got even though we talked about Dutch football and, and even the, <laughs> to go to another. Yeah, controversial point of Scottish football that to to get into the, the Eredivisie in, in the Netherlands you need to have a grass pitch and the, the Dutch FA will help clubs that have just been promoted who don't have a grass pitch pay for a grass pitch. Meanwhile you've got Kelly, Levy, you know Hamilton you know, everybody remembers Jamie Murphy, the, the, the knee injury at the start of the season, you know, it's just ridiculous that our, our, our Scottish game is just ran into the dark constantly and he gets away with it all the time. Yep, and as we continue to do the same things over and over as a football country, we will not get any different results. Um, so hopefully with the inquiry, which is going to apparently be launched in October into the SPFL and the runs of it, we maybe see some change, but I will not hold my breath. Picking it back up then, Mason, um, let's look ahead to Saturday. So... Um, we've 
the players have got some minutes in their legs between them, the game in Germany last week and the Newcastle as well. Um, and another it's a few days of pre-season training. So I'm expecting Rangers to be sharper and to apply themselves a bit more um, towards Hamburg and obviously look a bit better against um, a, a bit of a lesser opposition. That's no disrespect to Hamburg. Are you expecting to see any changes, any new faces, any old faces returning? What would you like to see on the pitch on Saturday? I think we will definitely see some changes. Um, I was a little bit surprised. I think Lammers and uh, Simmer got, got over an hour. I was quite surprised with that, um, considering looking at our forward options at the minute. Um, Des has come back in the squad. Don't expect him to start, though. Probably come off the bench. Um, yeah, but hopefully Raskin starts. Um but yeah, it's just I think more of the players that we see Yilmaz has got to, has got to get more minutes. I was surprised to see him; he, he didn't start. Um, Saturday was a little bit of a uh, sorry. Tuesday was a little bit of a worry because uh, Borna Barisic. Um, I know I haven't really got no one's really gone into that, but he, if we're going into the season uh, with him at left back, I'm I'm, I'm really concerned. Um, I, I think that's a real weak point in, in our team, and, and when I'm looking at it at the moment, um, I hope Yilmaz makes it his own, but he needs to go and do it. Um, so hopefully he does get a start. Uh, really glad to see Tom Lawrence might be involved. Um, that was that was a, a really po- uh, positive from from Bill on on Tuesday night. I, you know I don't know being involved just means he's he's there and you know does the warm up and and he's you know I, he's been out so long. I'll, I'll be really surprised if he does get any minutes. But the fact that he's he can get involved in it is brilliant. And, and, and as Andy said earlier about Kamal Roof as well. Um, it's been a couple of weeks and he's trained foot, you know, and he's he's had this operation. So all we can do is sort of hope. I, I do think it will be his last season with us, but we all know a, a, a fit Kamar Roof, what the damage that, that he can do. It's just, you know, I feel like we've been saying this so many times that I just, when I do look at the squad, I just, I, I sort of look over him. But um, yeah, looking forward to the game Saturday. Obviously, the opposition is not going to be as, as good as Newcastle. So, Hopefully we see some some a bit more you know better forward play and, and some more goals and and go from there. Obviously the it's the second game at Ibrox, but the the first game on Tuesday night was really tailored towards Alan McGregor, the testimonial. There was a bit of emotion behind it, a packed house. Um Chris, I think this is going to be a wee bit different. We are very much um marketing this as, you know, two clubs come together like in partnership with each other. There's actually a welcome party um, tonight, Edmondson no tomorrow night, sorry. Edmondson House starts at half six. Um there's gonna be a bit of a Fan festival fun day feel to it on Saturday. I know you and I are making a day out of it, going about up a bit early. I'm expecting the atmosphere to be buzzing Saturday, three o'clock kickoffs, the way football should be. Absolutely, mate. And I was speaking to my mate about, I was speaking to my mate this morning about it, and all, like, you need to just make the most of three o'clock on a Saturday because, do you know what I mean? Like, all it takes is just to drop into the Europa League and we're back to Sundays at Ibrox. <laughs> The dreaded dark nights at three o'clock on a Saturday, Sunday and it's pitch black. Um, and Saturday, will be, I think, will be the first 60 minutes will more or less be what he's thinking about his first team or, or who he wants in contention for it. As Mason said, Bill mentioned that Dessels, Ruth and uh, Lawrence will feature at some point on Saturday, so it'll be good. It'll just be good to see Lawrence again um, after such a bad injury. It'll mean a lot to him to get bad, back on that pitch as well. And, Somebody we've never really, that's not really been brought up. I thought Hadji came done well when he came on on Tuesday night. He had some good touches, and maybe that's the kind of opposition he'd be more easy, he'd be more suited against. Um, I think obviously he'll feature a wee bit in Saturday as well. I think this is a big time for him because 
he's been out of the team for so long, then he kind of lost his place, and if he wants to come back, then he'll need to start performing. Um, so I think he'll feature for a bit. Again, with Mason, that I hope Yilmaz comes in and takes that spot because I can't watch Barisic any longer. Do you know what I mean? If we lose that same goal to, Celt- same goal to Celtic again with Barisic conceding it, then oh, I'm going to dodge my eyes out. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's just brain damage. And it happens time and time again. And Barisic had a good season with us and he's just been missing the last couple of years. So I think his time's up. I think hopefully he was playing in Tuesday as a kind of same as Scott Wright. So they can have a kind of goodbye in front of the crowd and one last time at Ibrooks, do you know what I mean? Because they'll never play at a couple of Rangers again. So I could understand if they wanted that goodbye. Absolutely. And, you know, players like um, Scott Wright, I don't really have any ill wish towards um But Yanis Hadji is an interesting one that we have touched on. I do agree with both of you, incidentally. I'd like to see Yilmaz. Yilmaz is my left back uh, for the Rangers team this season um, on current form. But... But Andrew, that Yanis Aji, we've seen him play maybe a wee bit deeper than we've used to seeing him play on Tuesday. My, my worry, as much as I'm a Aji fanboy, is I've heavily, heavy, heavily competed for position at number 10 in that attacking midfield role, especially with Tom Warden's coming back as well. It's interesting, you'll see, you'll see people talk about Alex Lowry as well. So, uh, talking about Aji and Lowry, do you see them featuring much over the next few games? I mean, as you said, Colin, big, big Hadji fanboy. I mean, you, we, we, as you said, we run the the Hadji RSE supporters bus. Um, I, I, I rate Hadji very highly. Um, I know there was a bit of talk of a move, and I think Italy was one of the, the rumored destinations for him. Um, but I think I remember something along the lines of he said that the last time he was in Italy, it was the worst time in his career, and he, he said his personal life took a, a really I took a dip, and so I don't think he'd be rushing to move back to to Italy on a permanent deal. Um, I think he's a couple of games away from hitting top form again. Um, I think if we need to remember that without Yanis Hadji, we wouldn't have had a several run. He was started the part of the kickstart and return to form when we went to Bronby away, and he, he slot in like a really equaliser, you know, and he. On his day, I think he's he's a real top top player on this team. He's so technical. He's, that that brain is is. is I'm, I'm presuming he must be brilliant at chess because he's about six moves, seven moves ahead of every other player in the park. Um, I think the deeper role will actually support him because I think everyone everyone will say the same thing. What's your thing that Hadji is missing? Pace. I think in the middle of the park when he's got maybe a bit more time with the ball to pick a pass. I mean, the, the last time I can think of that, a play off the top of my head was away to Braga in the, in the Europa League where Hadji picks the ball up in the centre circle and pings the ball in behind to Kent and he goes and scores. Um, it's that pick, picking the back line with a ball over the top, slipping a ball through the short one, you know. I think a, a slower play in the middle of the park actually will do the world of good for Hadji. Lowry... It's it's the good it's a great conundrum in it. Um, what do you do to to loan or not to loan? Um, it's hard because the way that our youth team set up is so poor. I mean, the best in class B team fixtures that we're doing now, I think that worked out better when before we went into the the lower the loan league or whatever, um, whatever it was. Um, 
I don't know if you're going to see him maybe play as a senior player in some of those games. I think Leon King did that the last time it was uh, it was implemented. Um, you'd have to be quite selective if you're going to loan him out because there's no point in playing him in a team where he's going to get booted because Scott, if you're going to get kicked about in the Premiership, the Championship guys, are not, if you bust a step over, he's going to get injury crawled for half a season again. Um, whether or not you try and get him in as a get more sub appearances under his belt, then maybe that'll boost the confidence. He maybe even starts some games. You never know. Um, I think it is a, a really difficult question that Michael's going to have to try and answer. Um, and I think he needs to really be in the ear of Lowry. How? What does Lowry think? Where does he think he's is in this team? Because I know he'll he'll be in training every day. He'll see these guys coming in and go. Am I going to get in ahead of such and such? You know. It's a tough question. I think Michael's going to have to take a quite hands-on approach with his development to see um, where he's best fitted in this team, or if it is out in one. And it's a nice problem we have. So many, so many talented players in that in that one position. We just need to make the most of it, and you know, make sure we manage it right. But the very last point I want to come to tonight, gents, and finishing a wee bit of high, Mason. Uh, I'm quite sick of just store the bare amount of tops that they bring out and you know there's almost a um welcome I'm surprised there's no a, a welcome handbook to Ibrooks um working training yet. However, I've been delighted to see the the leaks we've been getting um about the the third kit announcement tomorrow. Um I, I throw back to the old um orange and purple stripes. What's your thoughts on this top? I think it's an absolute cracker if it's gearing up to what I think it will be. Yeah, this this has potential to be the best the best kit yet. Um, obviously, at the minute, trying to trying to get a wedding um, and Castor keep bringing out all these kits. <laughs> and, uh, I've sworn that I won't buy any more, and I've seen that today, and I'm like, oh god, I'll definitely have to try and get one tomorrow morning. But uh, no, it is it's, it's a cracker. I think to be fair, all three kits this season are. I think they're pulled them out of the bag. I think they're they're really good. They take a lot of criticism, um, and I feel like any kit manufacturer we had, I think we've all we're all different with our opinions. We'd all we'd all be moaning, but uh, I do. I think they they pulled it out of the bag. But that third one is 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 uh, yeah, especially if it's got the badge in the middle as well. I'm a big fan of kits that have that. So uh, yeah, excited to see it tomorrow morning. Chris, I'm hoping you'll be a fan of it because I've seen you on this pod be that top a couple of times and I mean you're a handsome man at the best of times but you take <laughs> up a notch when you wear that gear. Oh mate, it's a belter. Honestly, Castor have really stepped it up this year so there's been a lot of complaints about the quality of the strips but the, if this um, if it's as good as the leak is then it's going to be an absolute belter. I think that will sell more than the home top. I, I I think so. Do you, do you think they'll wear it on Saturday? Aye, definitely. Aye, that's... Andy? Course, if there's a coin to be made, Rangers will be wearing it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, man. I know. Um, Andy, is there a fail house on the, the appraisal of the top? Or you got a frost man in the works here? The thing I'm looking forward to the most is when we put the post on the website and we describe the colours and Rangers media team do their absolute best to not say it's orange. Uh, the, the, remember the, the, the Hummel orange <coughs> Mandarin top Mandarin top um, you know it, it's certainly one that when I get paid in the month I'm getting um, because I mean what else have I get to do with money at my age just to buy Rangers tops and alcohol probably um, oh, it's good being young uh, but uh, yeah it's an absolute cracker I, I, I've been one of the, the, the lonely defenders in the Castor band I think 
at the start when with the way that Bisgrove started his tenure at Rangers, it followed up with Kistor and some of the quality concerns. I think it was easy to just go, holy shit. Bisgrove's had his redemption arc. Kistor's had his redemption arc. You know, it, I'm happy. I mean, I've, I've not had any issues with Kistor. I think, especially the one you're wearing, the Colin, I think that was a lovely top that year as well. Their away top the year was, that was lovely as well. But you know, it's 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 always going to be a difficult task to make kits that all Rangers fans can agree on. I think it was my favorite thing was seeing the Hummel kits and people going, "Why do we need to have the chevrons?" And it's like, well, <laughs> Hummel known for one thing. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's been a, a resounding yes from the Rangers support this year and and top marks for Kistor, especially compared to the other side of the city. Jesus. Obviously, all of this goes in the bin if we don't have um, a, a treble winning season. <laughs> I mean, a, a top's only as good as the amount of trophies that you win in them. Um, but I think that's a good time to wrap up. Gents, uh, just before we do, a wee quality arms for the listeners. Um, I'll put on all the um, social media pages and follow follow before the post was fucking taken down. I don't know why. About the Gallant Fuse Fantasy Football League. Um, so this is completely free to enter, but there is a £300 cash prize as well as uh, monthly prizes ranging from more cash and restaurant vouchers for manager of the month. Free to enter. Wanted to just give something back to the listeners um, for all your support as well. So if you're into fantasy football in the English Premier League, go in and you know get, I've put it on YouTube, I've put it on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Go and get the details to there, and it'd be great to see as many as um, you know get involved with that. As always, thank you to everybody who watches, subscribes, and listens to the pod if you do like what you see you can get additional content daily content if you do subscribe for a pound a month on apple spotify or youtube in the joint page it'd be great to see as many as if you can um, if paying for content isn't your bag things are like help us out with the old algorithms um it's much appreciated but Mason, um, I've podded with you two nights in a row. I feel like uh, you're like women in buses, man. I don't see one for ages and then get a doubler at the same time. Good to have you on, mate. Thanks for coming on. No, I was going to say that myself. It feels like, you know, I've not had one with you for ages and then two come along. But uh, no, it's been great. Glad that the football's coming, you know, back now. And um, yeah, looking forward to Saturday. Hopefully we'll see maybe a new signing with that with that new top on. That, that would top it off. But um yeah, that, that, that would be that would be quite something. Chris, always a pleasure. Never a chore, my man. Thanks very much for coming on. It's good to chat to you. Uh, it's great to be on, mate. No, I don't think I've been on with you for a good time anyway. Since uh, since the first round of the quiz. Um, <laughs> and we know how well that fucking went. <laughs> <laughs> but I uh, know, mate. I'm looking forward to Saturday during the last first game of the season and we get to meet up and, um, yeah, I think we're in a lot better position than we were this time last year, so all good, and um, here's to a good season and hopefully some success again. Amen to that, brother. And last but not least, representing the young team, Andy Stewart. Yeah, cheers, Colin. Have me back on. I feel like I'll complete the full house. I've not been in a pod with you in ages. Uh, it's, uh, it's like fucking New Year, isn't it? Oh, uh, fucking uh, herbs in each other. I love you. I've not seen you in ages. I'll text you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's always good to be on news lists. It's great, always good chat, you know. Um, and it helps that David T's phone's not going off every two minutes, you know. Um, so yeah, can't can't ask for much more. 
Um, thanks for the listeners again tonight. Always good comments, and as, as always, um, roll on Saturday. Roll on Saturday, and you know, if you do subscribe, I'll be with you tomorrow morning with the news. If not, hopefully, see some of Edmiston House or Ibrox on Saturday. Until then, have a good weekend. We are the people. <laughs>